What's next, Corey? We also went on a cruise. We did go on the cruise. It's true, we did. How how was your experience, Corey? We'll start with Corey. Um, you were not planning to come. I was not planning to go. I I ended up riding with Steve uh, in his Miata. It was uh, for which I am very grateful. It was a lot of fun. Steve picked me up very early in the morning. I believe it was still dark outside. And you had just gotten back from some kind of thing that had you up late, so you got you got like three hours of sleep. I was somewhere. I forget where you were. You and Joel went somewhere. Was it the day? Was it after like you went to like uh, a haunted house or something? Did you go to a haunted yes, house? Yes, yes. Oh, we Gardens. went to Bush Gardens. Yeah, that's we went to Hollow Scream. That's right. Uh, and I think we we got back at. I think we got home at one a.m. Keep in mind, we're old. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. I think we. Yeah, I think we got home at one a.m. That sounds about right. I and was I, up at five five or something. Yeah, five. like five thirty yeah. maybe. I was up at five yeah, to get the car warmed up and stuff and head over here, which thankfully Corey lives like six or seven minutes from my house. So absolutely unacceptable <laughs> hours. Anyways, uh, we, you know, met at Wawa, did the normal thing, had a, had a nice little chat there and got on the road. And then on the second road that we were on, uh, a deer ran across the front of the I was of the, leading the entire group. I was right behind you. <laughs> From Wawa to Devil's Backbone, I was selected or volunteered, volunteered, volunteered by everyone else to get in the front of the line and lead the group. And yeah, we uh, we took the turn onto whatever that road is that cuts between two fifty and uh, six. And yeah, about halfway down, a sizable, huge deer, sizable deer. I think it was a buck. It was. It had that that dude had pointy things on his head. Yeah, Uh, came out from the right side, and I was like mid sentence talking to Corey. Uh, I was, you know, I was awake by that time in the morning, but just, but just awake. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I just. Mashed the brakes and ducked to the right a little bit and avoided him and then continued my sentence. And Corey was like, man, I, I knew you had it, <laughs> but also. Yeah, like I totally trusted Steve and the car and everything, but I also needed new shorts. Like, <laughs> I think it looked from being behind you, it looked like it straight up jumped over your hood. It, it was so close. It didn't, but it was definitely within like 10 feet of the it left was, front corner. Of it was car. close. And I was, was going about close. 55. So yeah, there, there was not a lot of wiggle room there. It's just for some reason, since I've gotten that car, I have had probably four or five near misses with deer and they've all been near misses and i've never had the moment where i was like i'm hitting this thing it's just been like it all happened so quick that it's like there it is avoid it done keep going and then like after the fact i'm like i just narrowly missed like probably taking out the front end of my car like that was a big old deer (laughs) might have come through the windshield i don't know it just yeah so that woke me up then i didn't really need energy drinks or (laughs) any more coffee I was I was pretty good. It's pretty good to go after yeah, that. Yeah, that was that was surprising, and it was. I mean, it, there's never a good time for a deer to run out in front of your car. But I mean, truly, in the middle of a sentence, it's just like, like you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ev- evasive maneuvers engage, and then I just tried to carry on the conversation like nothing had happened because 
I don't know, it just seems easier to operate that way <laughs> instead of being like, holy crap, that was no, weird. you're that was sketch. You, I think that uh, I think you uh, handled it appropriately. Yeah, I think that was from what I could see. That was like the only close call on the cruise. It was pretty uneventful as far as like people crashing or anything like that. Yeah, um, I think uh, we had we had a cyclist that we came upon. Um, there was a rapidly a big pickup truck in front of me that thankfully was already kind of slowing our pace. And he came upon the cyclist around a blind corner and braked pretty hard. And then we all had to stack up pretty good behind him, but it wasn't like at risk of anything happening. No, it was, it was surprising, but not like, you know, there was no, there was no real risk. I heard some, some scuffs and some skirts and some bottoming out in the group behind me on yeah. Crabtree Falls a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, but I was largely focused in front of me. And then it was it was fairly traffic-free, but definitely For not. For you. But not the best run I've ever had. Man, it was like it We was had a van bad. that tried to deliberately split our group in half. Like, I waited and, and passed them, and the first two or three got by. And then they purposefully tried to hold up the rest. And we only had, like, six in our... Like, yeah. we ran small yeah. groups this year. And uh, they tried to hold some people up. I had a truck we were behind for a while. Then he turned off. And then I had another something else that we got stuck behind basically the last half of the descent, which was fine because at that point, I think Corey was. Yeah, at that point, I was about done being I was, a passenger. I was over it. I, I was having a hard time at that point. I, the, the, the downhill bit going over always freaks me out. And then to be a passenger was like. I was like, okay, like, oh boy. <laughs> I think I even said something like three or four turns into the downhill, but like, I, I'm, I might, I might need you to back off just a little yeah. bit. Like, no, it was very, it was kind and respectful, and I was, it was totally fine by me. The last thing I want to do is terrorize a friend of mine who, who came along, you know, as a passenger. But um, I, I was very cognizant of that fact anyway. I was on my all seasons. I was, you know, I just don't try to impress anybody on the on public roads anyway so you know speaking of all seasons seven or eight tenths at any point but never really past that speaking of all seasons yes i took not one of my cars to this cruise for the first time i took that's right you did i took my wife's honda fit which is a bone stock 2015 honda fit ex with the six-speed manual um it's on 185 185 all sumitomo all seasons like the cheapest thing i could get off a tire rack it's all you need and uh, it's not though um <laughs> well not for this the the only like prep i did was uh i did put hawk hps uh front brake pads on it and flushed the fluid with some motul 660 or no 600 or whatever the motul's not the 30 dollar bottle the 20 dollar bottle Probably um, six hundred. I think yeah, it's six hundred. Yeah. Um, and I was absolutely astonished with how good that car was on the on that. Uh, Armon, shout out to Armon because I think he listens. Um, once described the Honda Fit as a platform, as accidentally fun, and I think that that really sums it up. Having driven his, they're which amazing. Is a, a first, second gen. I think his is a right? second gen. Yeah. 
Sanders is a third. Yep. Yeah. So having driven his second gen on a couple of back roads, it it absolutely is. Like there's no reason for those cars to be as joyful as they are. Like it they were not made to be a fun car to drive. It is accidentally fun. Like they're, they're weirdly and, good. And you can beat the snot That's out of it and why it they're so loves good. it and yeah. it, it at no point like i was i i worked my way up because i had never driven this car that hard before and i i worked my way up with it and i was like i i got to the point where i was f- like really aggressively Rolling. tossing this thing into turns and it was fine yeah yeah I, and it's like a, a front 1. never 6 lost liter. grip it's like the one six NA Miatas where you can you just go full throttle at basically any time and it's fine because it only makes I have you know I have considered twenty horsepower. I've something. considered sneaking upgrades onto it. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife's not Sandra looking. doesn't listen, right? No, she does not. <laughs> Sweet. I, do you think you're, she'd notice? Do you think she'd notice on her commute if Depends. I put a rear sway bar on there? Oh no, no, no. no. I don't think she no would. Way. Tell. Rear sway no. bar? No way. Rear sway bar, then maybe sneak some Bilsteins on there. That she might notice. She might notice that one. Yeah. Some some 15-inch wheels and tires. Why is it banging over every bridge joint? But it feels really good on on on-ramps. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You'll get better fuel economy. The stock shocks were kind of worn out, and I just thought, well, I'm at it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, throw some stainless lines on there. Yeah, a little stiffer. Mo- the worst thing about that car, other than the factory rev hang, is Ugh. how they use the same motor mount from the CVT car, and it's the same motor mount from the Honda CRZ, and it's so soft that like anytime you're on or off throttle, anytime you're changing gears, you can feel the engine like it's rubber. Like, whoa, it's like a whoa, rubber whoa, band whoa, between the engine whoa, and the car. Whoa. There's so much just like wow, wow, wow. The yeah. engine's just like Ugh. rocking around in there. And it's not great. Yeah. A stiffer motor mount would go very far, but I think it would really annoy her. So I don't know. Tell her to turn up the music. That would drive right? her crazy instantaneously. Yeah. Yeah. If I know anything like, about your wife. Whatever you did to my car, put it back. I like, no. I, I genuinely struggled with like knowing what gear to be in half the time because I couldn't hear the car. It was so quiet. Yeah. Yeah. That happens too. The cruise was good though. The the fall colors were out. The weather could not have been more gorgeous. The weather I was I meant to say this earlier. The weather was truly fabulous. My, I yeah. mean it's that's gotta be some of the best it's ever been. Yeah. Just about perfect yeah. out there. Like jacket in the morning for the ride out there with the top down and a hat. You know, I told Corey grab a hat because when i picked him up it was 48 degrees outside or something and we did the miata heat bubble just throw it on the floor vents and crank it on high and leave the top down put a hat on like it's it's fine it's truly fine oh no it was great it's great i wasn't cold at all at any point but you uh you ditched the jacket for the drive out to devil's backbone which you said was perfect i still wanted mine for that portion and then i ditched it after that and it was perfect like it was just so easy to adjust to the outside temperature and drive with the top down all day and yeah really beautiful blue ridge parkway was nice didn't really hit much traffic up there like we all just got to cruise somebody spoiled the run up the mountain like drastically spoiled the run up the mountain 
on when we left Smiley's. Oh yeah, it's like a Chevy yeah. Equinox or something. Yeah. And the lady just she knew we were behind her, and she just went all the way from the bottom of the hill all the way to Blue Ridge Parkway at you know twenty miles an hour, thirty five. But you know it's fifty five back there, and yep. Yeah, and that's probably that section may be my favorite on the cruise is when it's a Going downhill back up that side. Yeah, when it's no, a downhill me, me it too. feels sketch. Me too. When you turn around and take that as a hill climb, it is oh. just blissful. It's amazing. Yeah. When there's yeah. nobody in front it's of you. It's very reminiscent it's, of that first section when you first leave Devil's Backbone. That's my favorite yeah, part. It's right, just honestly. like it's like 15 minutes of that. It's it's so good. And uh, that did get spoiled, but it was all right. Real, another classic day. Good turnout. Yeah, it was all right. Like, it is officially a Honda Fit cruise now. Yeah. More, was... more Honda Fits than any other model. More Honda Fits than, more Honda Fits and Mazda RX-7s. Oh, yeah. Than Mazda Miatas. We, know, we had two yeah. Miatas, Odd. and they were both NDs. It was me and Armand. Very strange. Very strange. Like the the times they are a changing. Yep. And apparently they're changing to Honda Fit time. Probably because NA Miatas are now more expensive than Honda Fits. Honda Fits are more expensive than Honda That's Fits. Have you looked true. at them lately? Yeah, they're like eight grand now, which is Mike, ludicrous. Mike Jensen just bought one. Shout out to Mike. Did he? Nice. He bought a second gen. Yeah, most of them that he was sending me the listings for were eight, nine. 10 to 12 if they were at dealerships with 180,000 miles on them. He bought this one for five grand cash. My man. I I was looking at third gens recently just to see and like 2015, 2016 third gens with 150,000 miles are more expensive with a six speed are going for $15,000. They were 18 new. We bought ours brand new in 2015 for $18,000. It's crazy. It's the worst. I like going back to the the younger generation discussion. Like I don't understand like what what like, cheap what enthusiast have? cars can you buy? There aren't any. There are no cheap manual cars that exist. I'm starting to wonder if like the B spec grouping is going to become like the, the, the next, wave of the future. The next accessible like entry level grassroots thing. I think it is. I mean that's why and it's Sunday gonna be Cup the, is it's so gonna big be the with... off brands. It's gonna be the Mazda two. Mazda two like the Kia, like you just Kia, said the fits um, are too expensive. What's yeah, the what Kia is one? the Kia and that's in that the Rio? The Rio. Kia Rios are, are, are good for yeah. it. They're a little heavy but they're good for it. Kia Rios, Mazda twos Nissan Versa. Are they in? Yep. Are they in? Uh, Beast pack. Yep. Yeah. They're not good, but they're in sure. there. The Ford Fiesta, but those are yeah, they're probably still fairly affordable. Yeah. And Same they're as a Mazda too. Yeah. The Fit is probably the most expensive car now, like secondhand out of that class. It's the it's the forerunner syndrome where it's the most reliable one. It's the sturdiest yeah. one, so they cost more. Yeah. Unfortunately. How was SEMA, Steve? It was different. It was very different this year. Um, I went last year uh, as an attendee, and that was my very first time ever going. And everyone said it was much smaller than it had been in years past last year, but um, it still seemed, you know, bigger than I could fathom because I'd never been. 
the the Las Vegas Convention Center is probably a mile and a half from like one end to the other. Like it's four separate halls. One of them has two floors, and they all fill for SEMA plus outdoor stuff. Like they they have like three massive parking lots that they take over. Optima Batteries does like an autocross course on one end, has competition stuff. Um, one of them, you know, Hoonigan takes over and sets up their, you know, burn yard for SEMA doing crazy burnouts and stuff for the whole show. Like it's, it's a spectacle. And um, last year I walked something like, I forget, like four and a half miles a day average or something <laughs> like just, just at the show. And um, this year I was working with my company. We had a booth. We were actually exhibiting, which meant I spent 85% of the show in one spot. Boo. And then about 15%, you know, they freed me up some time when they could to, to go walk the show floor and actually get out, which was fun. But it was probably two hours total out of the four days so you know i hustled over to the toyo tread pass area because they just always have the coolest and craziest builds and and the stuff that appeals to me the most i say always as if i've gone forever they did last year and i knew they would again this year um there was some pretty cool stuff there it was neat to see um the hoonicorn and the Huna pegasus Oh, uh, those are both there? Nice. Ken Block's crazy uh, Pikes Peak Hill Climb 911. Uh, those were both there. His Audi Quattro, um, the white one, was also there, but I did not happen to wander through the area where it was. Um, was the electric one there? No. No, they did not bring the... Um, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. It's anyway, cool, though. The one from Electricana. The yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was a dope oh, ass video, by the way. Yeah, I'm just having a brain fart. Anyway, yeah, a pretty amazing video. In fact, uh, there were still like skid marks in several places along the strip there in Vegas from when they shot the video, which was cool. Um, Hunatron. That's it. There it is. Nice. Yeah. Um, did you see the build breakdown video on that? No. Oh my god! So I need to I need to look up the text. It's text it's pretty cool. It's it's mostly Brian Scotto talking about the car, which he's a he's a car guy, but he's not like an engineer. And when he, I don't know, like when he tries to describe engineeringy type things, I think it always stays kind of surface level. And I I almost want more of like. If you're going to really get into the build, uh, I think it was called build biology. Um, if you're going to get into that level of detail, like bring in the German guy that actually engineered the thing and just give me like more nerd content about how this thing was designed than I can, than my brain can handle. But the crazy takeaway from that is that the battery pack in that car is under his legs. So his seating position is literally about like this weird his legs are actually like substantially above his butt he's sitting like why why all the way back by that? the b pill to keep the battery weight low and in the center of the car huh. so if you look at the car from the side his head is like behind the window opening okay he's like two-thirds of the way back in the car gotcha. the steering column comes way up into it and then in the center down at the bottom the bottom like 18 inches tall is just where the batteries are. 
And so his legs are basically up on top of a massive shelf of batteries, like straight behind the steering wheels, like super old school F1 or I yeah. forget. There's like some race cars where the seating F1's position like was that. like that. Yeah. Where your butt's like way down low and then your legs are kind of propped up high. Yep. And, and he's also like seven feet from, I'm exaggerating, from the windshield. Like it yeah. seems impossible to drive a car like that at which makes what he does in that video all the more impressive. That would put your axis of rotation like at your groin when you're doing cyclones in that car. Yeah, if that I mean maybe at his knees. Like yeah. that's the weird thing is he's actually being swung around like probably behind the center of rotation yeah. of that car. That's crazy. And then just like the the visibility, they shot most of it at night. Mm -hmm. Like Vegas is bright at night, granted, but Still, yeah, um, pretty ridiculous. My takeaway from that video, I, I think the fascinating thing, and I'm interested to hear what your opinion is, but the first Jim Connor just like broke all of our collective brains yep. so completely. It's still my favorite one. Because we'd never seen anyone drive a car like that before. And because he wasn't driving... A car that, while it seemed like a high-level race car, it didn't seem like the highest-level race sure. car. You know it what was, I mean? It like, was something that if you had a decent budget, you could theoretically build. Build and and go do. It was just like, if man, if I practiced as much as this guy, I could, I could go drive like that. And there was something accessible about that. And that accessibility to the Gymkhana films has been lost for quite some time. Yeah. And I think... Hoonigan has been smart in trying to change enough about the formula each time that there is still a draw. There's still a reason to actually be interested this time, whether it is, you know, obviously the newest one being a completely electric, all-wheel drive, bonkers car, like no other car yep. on the planet is like that one. So it's worth watching just to see, like, what does that car even drive like? Um, the answer is rad. Yeah. You know, the one Pastrana did in the Subaru in Maryland was cool because it was just like, let's take this to like pretty regular streets. Like we're not off on a course that we built exactly. Like he's, he's jumping over a river in, in Maryland. I was there the day he did that. Really? What? Yeah. I didn't know that it that was he happening. Was doing it. Uh, but I was at a bar like downtown Annapolis and, or, some, yeah, Annapolis, and yeah. somebody was like, uh, somebody was like talking about the 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 canal jump or something like that. And yeah. I was like, "What?" They were like, "Yeah, Travis Pastrana's here." He's like, "They're like filming the jump over the canal like right now." Like, oh, neat. Okay, <laughs> cool. That's rad. Yeah, yeah. But I think yeah, that's the interesting thing to me is like I'm I'm very much of two minds. Like I watch it on one hand and go, you know, they announced that they literally don't know what that car cost Audi to build. But their oh, guess, I didn't realize that Audi built it. Yes, Audi built it for Ken Block when he started his new sponsorship deal with them. Uh, they did a whole series on going over to Germany where like, their design department talked about their inspiration for the car and all this stuff. But they, are, they guess that car is like upwards of $12 million. Jesus. And so from that standpoint, there is nothing accessible no. about 
it's a that, spaceship about that latest film to people like us like there's none of us will ever get to do that or anything near it however they have deliberately changed the formula enough that it's still interesting and yes. it is still enjoyable and i think it, it the big takeaway for me is that it electric the as long as there is some kind of audio feedback from mechanical audio feedback which from that an electric car, a hell of a noise. which that thing makes from all the gear whines. Yeah. It's, all, it's, all, it's all the gears, and it just sounds like a race car transmission. Yeah. Um, that's totally fine. I don't, I don't need engine sound to be interested in it. Yeah. But it needs, Not it, it has to have something. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and that was the other thing is like, you know, what will this sound like? What will like a tire slaying, whatever it is, like 1800 horsepower equivalent or something crazy? Yeah, like what will that sound like when it's electric? And and what will it be like in a vehicle that can go from a wheel speed of zero to like a hundred miles an hour instantly? Yeah, because it breaks traction and has so much torque. Uh, and the truth is, it sounds bonkers and it it's fun awesome. to watch it the f- structure of the films i don't know it's still a little too disjointed sure like i know the first one was edited together oh yeah all of them are but it was edited together in a coherent line yes like from place to place to place within that course you saw where he came from and where he was headed now you could see the skid marks on on the ground that he practiced it 10 times and then they took the good take but there was a continuity. It had a rhythm to it. it had a flow. There to was it. a continuity, and if you know anything about Las Vegas, like the play, like they cut it together as if it's one long clip. But he bounces around the city from place to place in that like four minute video. In yeah. it, it's completely incoherent. Sure. If, if you know anything about the layout of the town, so That's, that was one thing I liked about the the original Hoonicorn one too, where they're in L.A. and they end up in the in the L.A. River. I I thought that was like one of the best flowing ones that they've yeah. done in a while. Yeah, yeah, and and climb Kana at Pike's Peak, even though that was edited oh, too, yeah. right? Like they edited sections of Pike's Peak that don't connect to the next section. Like he he went from parts at the bottom of the hill to parts at the middle to parts at the top. Sure, but it, but there's still a coherence from he started at the bottom and he ended at the top. Like there's a story I line about in it. That's that such a good video. That one is real good. And that, that again that one like, and the one that Mad Mike did in New Zealand. He did a similar style video where he does a hill climb in his four rotor drift car that's yeah. like unbelievable. That video is awesome. Uh, Ken also did the one in in um on like Tianmen Mountain or whatever in China. Oh yeah, with with the Hunicorn. I love that Same car. Thing, like, I love Kana that car too. so much. But um, yeah, it's just interesting. Like, it's weird to feel very disconnected and yet still like hope that they can put out cool stuff. And like, there's yeah. there's always something about it that's cool. Like he pulls into a casino lobby and does center axis donuts. Like that's just In that's rad. Very like, small space. Yeah, you could have just released that clip and I would have been like worth it, worth building the car, like worth doing it. That's that rules. And it looked cool too. It looked cool. It sounded cool. It's fast as hell. Like yeah. they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Great job. So I, I it just makes me wonder like what do they have left? Like what can oh. what can they do next that will still grab me? 
Uh, or people. I don't know either. It'll be interesting to see. Space. Space. Maybe Ken Block in space. Yeah. They'll put him on Elon Musk. They'll build him a custom <laughs> Audi, SpaceX, Tesla, Space Con Hopefully he vehicle. has more self-respect. Than he could, he could do it with a tank. He could, he, he, he could do it with a tank. Yeah, he could do some some drifty boy things and then like drive onto some of those like what are the go treads? Yeah, and then like just go tear it up in like a tundra somewhere. I met Larry Chen. What? Yeah, he was doing autograph signings and stuff. I've I actually met him last year in the Toyo Tread Pass when he was taking pictures. Said hello, and then I uh, said hello again. Told him I really appreciated what he does. Um, he won SEMA's Influencer of the Year inaugural. He Influencer should just of he the should just win award. that every year. He probably should. They won't. They won't let him. But he deserves it. Yeah. Um. I've been within like six feet of him at one point at Hyperfest, and nice. then that's 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 it. Yeah. Well, he goes to a lot of grid life stuff, he though does. mostly out west. But maybe we'll run into him next year. Um. Larry's a super cool guy. Um. Chatted with Adam LZ for the third or fourth time. He actually recognizes me now, which is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Um, shout out to Adam LZ. I guarantee he does not listen to Beer and Backfire. But maybe. Maybe one day. You'll never that, know. First, that guy at Dominion. Next. Hey, doesn't get much better than that. YouTube influencers. Uh, and then after that, the world. Um, I'm going through my pictures to figure out what else cool I saw. I sent you guys the, that Hyundai that just looked rad. I don't even know. Elantra N-Line, I think, probably. Oh, yeah. The one that I sent. Um, I don't know why I like some of these modern Hyundais as much as I do, but I do. Lexus had some preposterous spaceship concept car thing there where, like, it obviously, the the windows were not windows. Like, they were just black plastic. Like, it had no interior. It's just a, it's just a spaceship. Oh, that is, it looks like a Taycan, kind of, from the front. Oh, it, interesting yeah. yeah the back did you see today back is kind of interesting no i don't they wild. porsche just built their 100,000th tycon which wow, i thought they really? just came out with that thing oh it's been out for about th- three years i want to say it's their like, like sec it's their mm, third best-selling yeah, car or something like that after the the cayenne and the macan Wow. That's insane. That's crazy. Apparently. And they're so expensive. They Well, everything Porsche makes is so expensive. I mean, more than the others. There's a V12 swapped FD. I'm sure you guys saw that one on the internet. Which V12? Uh, The Mercedes V12 out of a Zonda. Oh. I did not take a picture of the front. I don't know why. Probably because it was just so preposterous. It didn't even really inspire me. The back was cool, though. There was a midnight purple carbon fiber r32 gtr i've heard of this yeah that's that is insanity really pretty and subtle well like the the color carbon the color was just like a suggestion in certain light which was really cool i saw this is the only interesting thing that i've seen recently was this i think it's a zuzu a zuzu amigo oh yeah uh, on a trailer on 95. Nice. Yeah, like, you, you never see those anymore. Super. Dude, those wheels are sick. I know, right? What are they? I have no they're like idea. very OZ yeah. looking. Uh, they say a Suzu. Maybe they're actually the. Yeah, I don't know. Stock they, wheels. They were those awesome, though. 
here's a Ford Maverick that I weirdly fuck with. Oh yeah, okay, all right. Can't explain why. No, that's uh, that's I a thing. Don't like the Mavericks, but for some reason this one's teal and bright pink and white. It looks '90s as hell. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, Adam Carolla. From, yeah, from the Man mm-hmm. Show. Stop by our booth. Nice. Looked at the booth car. Talked to my coworker for a bit. That's cool. It was so funny because I just was like, I looked him up and down, and I was like, I know, I know that guy. Like, yeah. I recognize that guy. He was the voice of death on Family Guy. I forgot that. Yeah. Uh, and then I looked at his name tag, and I was like, that's Adam Carolla. It sure is. And then I like nudged my coworker because he was, or he was looking at me, and I, was, I like got the wide eyed look and pointed. I was just like. And he turns around and sees him, and it's just like, um, Chip Foose walked by. Oh, there you go. Point. Yeah, I mean, there's some big names at SEMA. It was cool. It was cool. Very different experience, like I say. But it's kind of neat being able to go in before they start and leave after they finish. Yeah. Like, when you're exhibiting, you get access at, you know, early before the show opens and just wander around and... There's less pressure, and then after it closes, like they close the massive bay doors and they kick all the plebes out, and then you can still hang around for another hour or whatever. That's cool. Yeah, it's kind of neat. I'm trying to find like an actual gallery of photos of this car, but the only car I know about from SEMA is this truck built by the Ring Brothers. Oh, I've heard of this. It's apparently up for like best of show. At SEMA, and it's like, it's this old Chevy pickup truck that they turned into like this open wheel race car looking thing. Oh. And it's like this wild green color, and it's just like all on slicks, and it's all this like crazy cantilever suspension. It's a, um, just, if you, if you Google Ring Brothers Loadmaster, it's on there. Loadmaster, okay. yeah. that's awesome. Anyways, uh, it's like, apparently it's a thousand horsepower naturally aspirated. 500 that sounds PC like something motor. they would do like it's that's a crazy. lot um this is an indycar honda indycar oh, drivetrain nice. in a honda ridgeline i'm into it now when i say a honda ridgeline what i mean is something that's shaped like a, a, honda a tube ridgeline. chassis with honda ridgeline body panels hung on it yeah from you know the cab forward um but Pretty cool. That I is mean, very like cool. Carbon fiber Recaro buckets and I enjoy full, IndyCar engines and I enjoy Ridgeline. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah, That's that was cool. that was outside in uh, Pennzoil's booth, and then we had uh, in our booth. I'll, I should at least mention, I guess, the car that we featured, which was pretty cool. Had a really cool story. Um, guy's name is Artem uh, Valitov. He's from Russia. It is an S13 Sylvia that he imported from Japan to Russia uh, with a 13B REW rotary swap, um, stripped down, made NA, so Renesis rotors, higher compression, uh, peripheral port, NA 13B. It's kind of cool, rotary swap in an S13, just not something you see very often. I'm a fan. Most of the Nissan boys put RBs and SRs and maybe a 2J and, you know, all the, all the kind of straightforward swaps. The hot but, boy stuff. You know, and we had a lot, a lot of people stop by and want to look at the car from, you know, big automotive names to, you know, just general enthusiasts. But it was kind of cool to be probably the only, like, 
one of the only really unique cars in our section of the hall. You know, there was Expel had a Lamborghini Scion or however you say it, S I A N Scion. Scion. Oh yeah, Scion in their booth, and like it's bonkers, right? But like, like it's cool. But th- like, there's four GTs. There's like you just at SEMA, you see all of that. Like it's just all there. The high end stuff is just there, and I think we got more attention and Artem's car got more attention because it was clearly built by hand, you know, by him. It took him five years, really clean work. Uh, 1990 car. He was born in 1990, which was part of the reason he got it. And Sparco aftermarket seats from 1990 actually found old school Sparco seats from 1990. Word. Put them in there just because they matched the same year, his birth year and the car's year. Like, it's kind of a cool story. Um, probably the stupidest clean fuel cell setup I've ever seen. Um, I forget the company now, but they make ones that uh, sit down in the spare tire well in the trunk, like fully self-contained, all black, fuel cell 12 gallons too like reasonable it wasn't radium was it i don't think no it's like a x a l somebody was atl apl atl atl is it atl i didn't want to say that because somebody was selling one of those for you but it could be for a really good price on facebook a while back and they almost and he did bought like it. all bent hard lines through like an inline filter mounted in the trunk and then like bulkhead fittings in the trunk floor down through and then everything else under the car nice. so just like a couple of really clean nice like all 90 degree bend hard lines in the trunk anodized black to match the black fuel cell and then the whole interior of the car was stripped but painted like full three-stage painted like the outside of the car um, in this really deep kind of burgundy red with a like red candy midcoat. Mm-hmm. Just um, just a super pretty car and a really nice build. He could not have been a more like humble or friendly guy. Um, he just said like it was basically his dream to have his car shown at SEMA. Um, he showed it in Russia several times. He There's a big show in Poland called Raceism. Not racism, but ah. there's an E in there Yikes. Um, where he took top four, which is, I guess, a pretty big deal as far as the European show car scene. Uh, and then he uh, moved to Orlando, Florida, and then trailed, trailered it all the way from Florida to Las Vegas for the show. Jeez. And was just like super stoked to have his car at SEMA. Brought some of his friends with him. Like, just really good time. That's really good awesome. Dude. So it was cool. It was, and again, it was cool to see the amount of attention it got, even amongst like a lot, a tons of posts on Instagram where people were just like, "Yep, this was my favorite car here." Like there was some crazy stuff. There was a V12 RX7, but this one's my favorite because it's like it's accessible. Yeah, it's a car that a dude built himself, and any of us, if we just take the time and the care and put the attention into it could build a car like that. Like it's achievable and, and everything was really nicely done. So yeah, pretty neat. What you got, Corey? So I came across this thing on TikTok, uh, of all places, but it was the, the, it was a recording of a podcast where the owner of this company, I believe it was talking to a couple of car guys about this new product that they make. This company is called, uh, roadster shop. 
I've never heard of them before. They're somewhere in the Northeast. I think I've heard this name. <laughs> they Roadster ha- Chop Shop. Roadster Shop. Uh, they do a lot of like classic American stuff. Uh, but they have put out this product that is a new frame. Yeah, okay. For, yeah, I do know who they are. For uh, uh, 69 to 80 Blazers and 73 to 80 uh, K and C10 trucks. So, like, the classic Chevy square body pickup trucks yeah. from the 70s and 80s. It's a, it's a new, it's a brand new frame. Yeah. They make, like, complete... Like, rolling chassis. Frame, frame subframe, suspension, everything. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is everything. Basically, you, you unbolt... Everything short of a body. Everything short of a body. You unbolt your truck from its frame, like lower it onto this frame and like connect to the wiring harness and, and the steering dr- and drive away like and like modernized is, like they do modernized suspension yeah. design brakes and so, all of that stuff so, it's, so it actually meets like it's going to drive the like a modern vehicle it's you can you have an option of an lt1 or lt4 oh dear god uh you can it it uh comes with um uh Silverado front and rear disc brakes, uh Fox fa- uh factory adjustable front coilovers, uh tubular front sway bar, uh the GM 12 bolt rear axle in I think a couple of different ratios, uh all stainless line brakes. Um you can get it with uh hitch receivers and air ride if you want. Sick. How how much is the kit? I'm you imagining can, it's probably something like forty or fifty thousand. It's it's very expensive. Yeah, it uh, starts at thirty grand. Yeah, yeah, um, but I don't know for what that's you not get. Bad. Like that's if that's your no, no, dream, no. yeah, no, it's not bad at all. Is to build one of those. Like by the time you've put in fifty, I'm pretty sure an LT4 long block 50, by 60, itself like, is like twenty five thousand dollars. You've basically yeah, sure got a brand is. new fifties truck. Yeah. Like if you had a body that was relatively good, yep, and then you paid a, a restoration paint shop and stuff, you know, like I assume another twenty or thirty grand, but like you could spend sixty grand on a new Corvette or I've a seen new M two. Spend way more on way stupider shit. Or you could spend sixty grand and have like the dream fifties blazer, the, you know, sixties <laughs> blazer. That sounds dope. The way the guy talked about it is like, um, oh, and it's like it's. I, as much as possible made with like off the shelf GM parts. So you can just like it's serviceable. It's serviceable. Yeah. So the idea is that like if you have a body, you put it on this and now you have basically the perfect daily driver pickup truck. Yeah. Like it's just it's just designed to work and work for a long time. Yeah. And it's made here in this country and I thought that was really cool. It is very cool. Definitely. Yeah. I was really excited about that when I saw it. It seemed just like the coolest thing. Yeah. yeah, I think I've been uh I think I've been following them for a while on Instagram. So as soon as you started to describe what it was, I I definitely recognize that. But yeah, it's just I think there are a few other brands out there doing similar things, but I think they've gone like It's a nice package. Giggity. As full bore in just like making the jigs and then producing these in volume. Like now now this is just a thing that we make and you can order. Especially if the only like truly custom does it. If the off. only truly custom part on that setup is the frame, that's brilliant. So you just yeah. buy all the other parts from yeah. GM. You just know the combination exactly. that you need. Yeah. Exactly. 
and they probably just give you a list of like part numbers for yeah, everything that's everything GM that's on there when you buy it. It's just like if you need this, you need a ball joint, right. you need a right. you know. Yeah. This this is what you buy. This is what you own now essentially is a vehicle with these parts. Yeah. That's I th- rad. I I was reading you I think you can get it with like upgraded cooling systems and things like that like if you're going to you know haul some weight, you know, but I just, you know, I I, I love stuff like that. So it's very cool. I thought it was really cool. Uh, did you see the um factory 5 F150 thing? That sounds yeah. really cool too. Yeah. It's a tube tube frame basically kind of trophy truck esque chassis that you put a you use a like wrecked F one fifty, modern F one fifty donor car to basically build it out. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like um it's like the exoset of trucks. Yeah. And I mean they had the GTM already, which is you basically take a C five Corvette with a Porsche transaxle and you build yourself a replica Ford GT. Well yeah I yeah, that's a little more hodgepodge though, because you a need little. two different yeah donors. I'm just thinking like the simplicity of the Exoset was oh, that sure. all you need is a Miata, yeah, as the donor, and then you just take the roller skate out and you bolt it into this tube chassis thing, and now you have like you know a Lotus Seven a type death cart, yeah, but a but a capable death. It's very capable of killing you, death cart. Um. And also having fun. And this is the same kind of idea, like kit, like factory kit trophy truck, which yeah. is just, I can't think of anybody ever having done that That's before. really cool. Yeah. Neat idea. How many people will actually do it? I don't know. Probably not that. Probably not yeah, that many. I don't think the market will be. It's also probably very expensive. You got to live out in Utah. Or something like you got to be in a place where it, it just makes where everybody has like sand rails and west of the Mississippi and stuff anyway. Yeah. You can find us at beerandbackfire.com. We have a discord. We have an Instagram and a Facebook. Steve, where can people find you on the Internet? Oh, uh, you know, um, collecting in the corner with the rest of the dust. Um, or on Instagram at I am understeer. It's probably the easiest. I don't post much anymore, but I'm there. I'm there. Lurk, always watching. <laughs> always. No, actually watching less and less these days, but um, that's where I'm at. You can also find me by going to beerandbackfire.com and click on our sponsor. Click link. on our sponsor. <laughs> As far as I know, they haven't taken me off of there yet. You are still on there, my friend. Oh, thanks. Um, I did, I believe, update Jordan's name on the website. Oh, boy. I wanted to change his name in the Discord, but I don't have access to change people's names in the Discord. So Beerandbourbon.com. Get out of here, autofill results. While he's doing that, you can find me at c.crehan on the Instagram for pictures of the birthday boy, Big Dog. Uh Good food and ripped pants. Happy birthday to Luca. Yep, it is Luca's birthday. Our show's mascot. He is three now, and he is zonked out he right now. He is snoozing like a um, big, giant three-year-old. Let's get Chungus, too. Oh, and you can also find me on the Discord. I believe I'm the only one with uh, notifications turned on, so there you go. Mm. Yeah, I definitely don't. Yeah. <laughs> I have to manually check. Uh, 
Jordan, you are listed as Track Daddy. Nice. Yeah, you are. So there is a link to Track Daddy's Instagram <laughs> right there, right there on our right there on our page. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at The Daily Downshift. I have a blog also, thedailydownshift.blogspot.com. Um, or just click on Track Daddy's Instagram at Beer and Backfire. Daddy's Instagram. Um, yeah, Beer and Backfire.com. Hop on the Discord, say hi. Uh, other than that, have yes, a good the night. Discord pops off. So it get, does. It's good. Get there. Be there. It's good stuff. Be there. We love you. Good night. <laughs>